Welcome to Uncontained, episode 184. I'm your host, Aaron Static Render, and on the show today, I speak with guitarist and singer Andreas Amnell. And he is from Sweden, been in the United States for the last three years. Now he has two bands going on, one called Valley Sons, featuring uh, the drummer from Leonard Skinner, or the 1990s Leonard Skinner. And Andreas has a solo project coming out on February 27th, so keep an eye open for that or an ear. You'll be able to check out a track from that upcoming uh solo album in just a little bit before we jump into the show but a little bit about andreas he uh got into playing guitar from get this guitar hero yes uh, guitar hero was his gateway drug and uh inspired him to actually play guitar picked it up at the age of 14 and uh moved out here a few years ago and is pursuing pursuing music in LA so this is his story and uh, yeah did I forget to mention that he has a, he has the look of a pirate he really looks up to uh, Johnny Depp and digs that style so uh, you'll definitely want to check out his Instagram and social media which is in the show notes and uh, yeah check it out listen to the music and while you're surfing the social medias i I think people still say surfing the web these days i don't know but uh i'm bringing it back and while you're surfing the social medias make sure you swing by uncontained pod on facebook instagram and twitter and uh yeah friend me send me a message i'll talk to you we'll start a conversation we'll have fun and uh I'm already thanking you for listening to the show, and I won't keep you waiting any longer because I know you want to check out this track off Andreas's upcoming solo project. It's titled Taste the Riches, and uh, yeah, check it out. This is how, how Andreas Amnell lives uncontained. Yeah. 
welcome to the show. Uh, I appreciate you coming on. We kind of got in contact through uh, Gigs LA. I like giving those guys a shout out because uh, they helped me get so many great guests. So um, I actually had a chance to listen to the track that you sent over today, uh, Taste the Riches, uh, that played at the beginning of the show. And uh, I really dug it man kind of had you know the southern rock uh classic rock vibe but the guitar which you play kind of stood out to me your band's valley of the suns and it kind of had a rage against the machine vibe to it and in, in my opinion that's kind of what i picked up yeah, anyway yeah, of actually so, what you heard taste the riches is from my upcoming solo ep uh so that's me singing playing guitar playing bass and producing okay. everything and so I was wrong. That wasn't Valley Sons. I apologize. No worries. <laughs> I, I will have it introduced properly at the beginning of the show. Yeah. But I'll, I'll leave. I'll leave this in. Um, so, so you have two things going on, correct? Or is that the Valley Sons, and then something going on with uh, one of the members of Leonard Skinner? Uh, Valley Sons is uh, featuring the drummer from uh, Skinner. Uh, well, he played in Skinner in the 90s, and he played with uh, yeah. Steve Earle uh, like a year after he stopped working with Skinner. And then after he finished up with Steve Earle, I guess he just he kind of was done with like the, the road life. And for a long time, he, I, I think he wasn't playing with anyone. But then, you know, musicians, they can't help it. They just like get back into <laughs> it and obviously start playing music again. I think it's an entertainer thing, you know, not just not just limited to musicians. Like once you're out of that creative aspect for a while, you start to feel that need to do that again or else you don't quite feel like complete in some weird way. I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of I agree with that. In a way it's kind of like a creative sickness yeah. uh, that keeps coming back. I have it too, my friend. <laughs> yeah, we all do. Yeah, so uh, let's talk. Let's just jump in talking a little bit about you. You're from Sweden. Yep. Um, you moved here what, like three years ago? I think that's what Facebook yeah, said. Yeah, in November it's going to be three years. Okay, good. Facebook didn't lie to me. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, what inspired the move to uh, to the United States from Sweden? For a long time in Sweden, I was feeling somewhat like I I didn't belong. Um, you know, okay, okay I, I didn't always, like, you know, dress like a pirate, but it was always, like, different. <laughs> I was always different and always uh, felt like my attitude was maybe different. Um, Sweden is, uh, people are very, a lot of people at least, are very, like, uh, introverted or uh, uh, conservative almost. Not not in a political way, but they're, like, conser okay. conserved, like... Um, People don't really like stand close to each other at the bus stop or talk, start conversations in the grocery store or whatever, as you do here in America. Uh, yeah. So interacting with other people can be very difficult for people from a country. And that usually, that, that it's, it's kind of depressing. And also, you know, like at the time, at least I was getting tired of, you know, it's only like sunny, like three months if you're lucky out of the year. Oh, Okay. Now, now, after living in LA for uh, almost three years, I'm starting to miss like the seasons changing and you know fall and spring. But um, I think it was mostly like the attitude of the people, like yeah, the introvertiveness. I'm I'm introverted too, 
but I think that I'm more extroverted than a lot of Swedish people are. And also, I was getting tired of the political climate in Sweden. So you moved to this uh, one. Then I moved to this one where, <laughs> like, about the same thing, but it doesn't affect me because I can't vote anyway. So what, what do I have to lose, you know? Fair enough. Uh, I, I don't think I'll ever be able to vote. I mean, I'm married right now. I, I, I live with my wife in this apartment. Um, okay. Uh, and... Uh, we met uh, close to a year ago. We got married a f- couple of months ago. Uh, we're gonna have a second wedding in Sweden in a year or two. But um, for now, it's uh, you know we we had to get married if uh, I was gonna be able to stay basically, and we wanted to okay. give our relationship more of a shot than a few months. You know, if you feel like you found a person that you belong with, you you want to give it a shot any way you can. Definitely, dude. Yeah. Definitely. All right. So, um, on the Sweden like culture wise, I I think I heard this about Norway, and I know they're they're close to mm-hmm. each other. So I was wondering if it kind of had the same like kind of feel to it, where where you don't want like nobody wants somebody to stand out above. They yep. want everybody to feel kind of on the same playing field. If you kind of stand up and want to shine, they're like, what's wrong with that guy? And they try to yeah, bring you down that, away. That sounds very accurate. It's called the Law of Chanty. Uh, and it. you can actually find that on Wikipedia. I think there's an English translation. It's basically better that uh, it, the rule is basically you're not going to come here and think that you're better than us. You're not going to stand above us. You're not going to think that you are capable of something we aren't cap- capable of. Uh, you don't have abilities that nobody else does, blah, 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 blah. It's like, basically, just stay yeah. stay down. You're not, like, better than anybody else. You, you, you can't do anything better than anyone else. In a way, it almost seems like um social communism in a way like not 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 like economics but like everybody has their own part like everybody like with communism or whatever everybody is the people they all get the same thing theoretically Uh, i mean we are i guess from an american standpoint we are a social country we're socialists or whatever okay we're very much further left than your democratic party is that's for sure uh i mean that's why we pay we don't pay that much higher taxes than california honestly at least not here in southern california we pay like 30 (laughs) percent, and here in la we pay like what 22 percent. so it's not that big a difference and you get free healthcare, you get free education you get free dental blah 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 you know and uh it's you know i mean I would love to be able to go see a doctor for some things, but I don't have health insurance. I can't do that. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, yes, yes. And then, yeah. So that makes it that makes it kind of rough. Yeah. Uh, but free healthcare, free healthcare sounds nice. I'll tell you. That. Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, what probably inspired me to leave was, you know, as you what you spoke of, like being basically if you stand out in the crowd. What was the name of that rule again? The Law of Jante. J-A-N-T-E. You know, I actually interviewed an actress from Sweden, and I think I she talked about that on the show. Well, it's been a little while, so I was a little rusty, but I, when you said that, I was like, okay, that, that law sounds mm-hmm. familiar. 
Um, so let's talk about uh, your music for a minute. Like, how did you get in in a culture where nobody stands out above each other? How did you get into performing music and you know developing your persona? Well, I started playing guitar uh, after hearing "Welcome to the Jungle" for the first time by Guns N' Roses. Um, okay, I had I had just uh, I I was selling. We have something in Sweden called. You set, you're selling Christmas magazines. It's not really magazines. You're selling products from a, from a magazine uh, by walking door to door, knocking on their door and asking, hey, do you want to purchase some stuff from this catalog? And uh, okay. then at the end of the year, because uh, this is around Christmas time, you've sold for blah, blah, blah amount of money. Then you get, you get to purchase from a different catalog for yourself stuff that you want um, and one of those things was Guitar Hero because my friends had Guitar Hero so oh, I nice. played that for a little bit and then I heard Welcome to Jungle and I was like what is this song it sounds so cool the guitar is like there, there was something <laughs> about Slash's guitar parts that just really spoke to me because it was very oh, yeah. gritty and uh, very soulful and it's so bluesy you sound a very badass and uh I was like, I want to start doing this, not on the game. I want to do this for real. Yeah, so the game actually was kind of like your gateway drug into playing guitar. <laughs> At least that's kind of cool. And now there's actually a game that's been out for a couple of years that I actually kind of want to get. It's called yeah, yeah, Rocksmith, yeah. where it actually teaches you to yeah. play guitar. I haven't tried it, but uh, I'm sure that it works fantastic. Yeah, like, I, I've been lazy, and, like, I've had a guitar for years. I played for a while, then I kind of fell out of it. Now I just kind of mm. look at it. Uh, <laughs> and I'm thinking maybe if I got that, you know, it'd be easier to uh, jump into playing yeah, some, you know. So, yeah, that, that led me into, like, the deflowering of music, I guess, or whatever, you know. <laughs> I started playing guitar. Deflowering uh, of music. I, I, my mom... She can, she's kind of like a troubadour uh, for fun sometimes. So she had her guitar laying around, a, an acoustic nylon guitar. I started, she taught me a few chords, and then I kind of took it on my own from there. Uh, I, I turned 14 shortly after I started playing guitar, so all the money I got for my birthday, I used to purchase a, an Epiphone Les Paul. Uh, I, I used okay, one because nice. uh, you know obviously a new one even was too expensive for me but so I, I bought one of those uh, and I learned how to play on that I still have it it's uh, sitting under a bed in Sweden right now because it just there's too much nostalgia for me to get rid of it I, I hear you man I hear you and yeah. I'm sure your guitar collection has grown over the years and uh, it gr did grow for a while and then it decreased incredibly fast because I had to make a big move <laughs> <laughs> was that when you moved to uh, LA yeah within that like year year and a half that I started planning for it I, I sold off everything but like three guitars I think I have all of my guitars except for my first one year but yeah I had like 17 electric guitars at one time I think wow Nice, nice. It's a, it's a lot for an 18-year-old, which I was when I acquired had acquired that amount of guitars. <laughs> um, so you racked up guitars relatively quick, because you started when you were 14, and by 18 you had 17? 
Yeah, well, I mean, I, I would probably like somehow find ways to like, I think I always like saved um, if I ever got any money like handed to me as a gift or something, I put it away just so that when I had enough money, I could buy a guitar. Okay. All right. Cool, man. So... Uh, I guess so. It kind of led to an addiction as a guitar collector. Um, <laughs> it didn't mean I had super nice guitars, but I had a lot of guitars. <laughs> right on. Right on. I'm sure they all had something that was interesting about them or else. Like... Well, I did. I mean, some of them were nicer. You know, I did have um, like a Gibson Explorer, which was my first Gibson. And. Uh, also had a when I turned eighteen, um, I, I purchased a, a custom shop Gibson Les Paul uh, for two thousand dollars at the time, and that was probably like my favorite guitar. And then that guitar, it was only in my life for a year, and then it kind of like uh, it, I I was stupid and I traded it for something else, a different guitar, and that was a huge regret for a long time. <laughs> I, I actually bought I last year around this time I bought the same exact model color and uh, uh, yeah it's only a year difference between that one and the one I had and it looks exactly the same and plays the same so I have that guitar in my life again basically and uh, that's kind of nice but that's that's good man that's yeah. good so your persona you go by like we have the nickname pirate boy. Oh, uh, that's just that's a joke. That's a that's a joke. Okay, so that came from um, my first week in uh, in America. I w I wasn't actually in LA. I was in Albany, New York. Uh, I had a Facebook friend whose name is Jim Ryer, who I had talked to on Facebook for a few years. And when I started like posting on Facebook that I was gonna move to LA, he he wrote to me and we started talking a bit more again because you know how you go like on and off talking on Facebook people yeah and he was like i think that it's it would benefit you if you stop by and stay with me for a week because america is a different climate than sweden the people are different and it's probably better for you if you maybe stop by at someone who you uh, you've talked to at least a couple of times over webcam and just like, get the feeling of what it's like to be around americans and get used to speaking english every day yeah. So I stopped by his place, and um, I mean, obviously, the way I dress and the way I, you know, I wear eyeliner and I wear fedoras. I mean, it's obvious that I've taken a lot of inspiration from Johnny Depp uh, <laughs> for my my fa fashion style or whatever. And he he started calling me Pirate Boy because of that. Okay, uh, fair enough. So that's where it came from. It's a joke. It's more like almost like a mocking of my. Uh, rip off of Johnny Depp. Yeah, I, I kind of dig the look, man. Got got So when did you develop the the pirate um inspired fashion? Obviously uh, from Johnny Depp, but what was it like right away after the Pirates movies came out? I think that, you know, I di I didn't see them when they came out. I you know, I was like 8 when they came out. So uh, <laughs> uh but I think that the first time I saw them I just thought there was something intriguing about the character Jack Sparrow and I was like that guy looks like a rock star. You do know who he modeled him after, right? Cave Richards, yeah. <laughs> yes. so. Yeah, that's not a bad uh if you're into if you're a rock star person to model yourself after Keith Richards, he's had some longevity to say the least. <laughs> oh now, my god, yeah. So I mean that just kind of, it developed over time. I think it was like, you know, 
maybe around the age of uh, 19 that I or 18 that I started like wearing like dress shirts a lot and like a vest over that. Okay. Eyeliner, I, I think I started wearing that earlier. So that that's kind of gotten in and out of like being a phase for me, like if I wear eyeliner or not. But I think that uh, around three or four years ago, I started wearing it almost every day. Then uh, like about a year ago or so, I think I stopped because I um, I was in a very turbulent relationship with my ex and I just stopped caring a little bit maybe about how I dressed <laughs> and looked. Fair but enough. When I started dating my wife, um, I kind of came back into it again and now I dress this way again, which I, I feel better about myself doing. That's good, man. That's yeah. good. All right, so let's talk about your projects coming up here in just one second. But I have one more question about Sweden and the music scene there. Yeah. Like, now you're you're very just pretty much straightforward, like rock with like as I said, a little from the track I heard had a little bit of rage influence on it. Now Sweden is not known for just straightforward rock. It's like a lot of it that we know here, like the Swedish death metal yep. and like crazy double bass. Did that, does that influence your music at all? Or were you into that in Sweden? Or? No. So what I, the Swedish bands that I like are probably bands you never really heard of, except for maybe one. You okay. probably heard of a band called Europe, right? Europe, yes. Yeah, uh, the final countdown. Um, they're like a melodic rock band, so that kind of it had some influence. And then there are more, probably more Europe-known bands like Heat, uh, Hardcore Superstar, uh, Crash Diet at one point had some uh, influence on me, um, and also a band called uh, The Electric Boys, which uh, pro- most prominently would be the biggest influence. They're like... Okay. If you actually listen to them and then you listen to Taste the Riches, at least the main riff, you would be like, oh, that's where the influence comes from. Okay, have, so it's not Rage. It's it, the I do voice. like Rage Against the Machine, uh, and they did. Uh, I wrote that. I wrote the music for that track uh, during a period where I was trying to put together like a rap rock band, uh, which was supposed to sound like a combination between Rage Against the Machine and Guns N' Roses. Okay. But I wasn't supposed to be singing on the track. That's something that happened very recently. Uh, so, well, Electric Boys, they kind of have that heavy, like, funk metal groove. Very blues-driven, and uh, it, it's not very up-tempo most, on their older records. It's, like, kind of a little uh, like the same tempo as Taste of Riches, where it's, like, groove, okay. very slow, heavy, and groovy. Gotcha. Um, so... That would probably, I saw them for the first time in 2011, and that just like opened my world to something new, you know. Right on, man, right on. So, yeah, so the sleaze metal scene is actually almost as big as the death metal scene in Sweden. Just that I think that the rock scene here, they're not as aware of it because Gothenburg is called the the hometown of death metal or something like that. Uh, yeah, so is, isn't there like bands like uh, is Strapping Young Lad from Sweden, or is that like Norway? Oh, I'm not sure about that. You've probably heard of In Flames, though. Yeah, and definitely heard of Go- In Flames. Ghost is like a band that has become very popular here. They're more, I think, they sound like a pop rock band. Honestly, okay, the the lyrics are not you know very poppy, but the music is it's almost like a 
Green Day at some points or like Foo Fighters. Really? I, I've, I've heard of Ghosts. I know who you're talking about, but I've never actually listened to Ghosts. I've only listened to a few tracks. It's, it's very basic. The music is extremely basic uh, for a rock band. It's a, very, a lot of power chording, uh, straight up chords, like n- not a lot of like riffing going on where you're single okay. note blues riffs or anything like that. So it's like three chord, like punk or like almost like that, but rock. more in a pop, pop rock way of playing it. Okay. In my opinion, people might get really pissed at me for saying that, but I don't. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> so. Fair enough, man. It's good to have your own opinion, even if it's the unpopular opinion. You know, it's good to have. I your have own a lot of advantages. unpopular opinions. I think. <laughs> same here man same yeah. here but um all right so you the taste the riches is off your solo project yeah. can people get that music now or is that no, uh coming soon so my i'm gonna release my solo ep on my birthday in february next year on my 25th birthday i'm releasing my first debut solo ep of me singing and playing everything. The only thing I'm not going to be playing is drums because I'm not a drummer in any way. Okay. I can program enough. drums that sound almost like a drummer, but I, I can't play what I'm writing on that instrument. Fair enough. So are you going to have a drummer come play or are you going to like do uh, digital drums? I have a friend in I have a friend in Sweden who's most likely going to play on that album. Uh, I've known him since I was 14. And he, he sounds, uh, he's like, kind of like Dave Grohl on drums. So, okay. All right. Yeah. So Very he's going to cool, play man. that. And then I'm probably going to keep most of the guitar tracks and vocal tracks on the, the, the demos and just put the, start mixing in the real drums with the demos. So, uh, February 27th, February 27th. All right. February 27th debut solo uh, EP coming out mm-hmm. uh, do you have a name for the uh, name for the project yet uh, or is that still in progress no I, I just have the the name of the EP is it's gonna be burned down Hollywood <laughs> which sounds a lot more <laughs> dramatic than it probably is it, it doesn't mean literally like set the whole place on fire it's more about the Hollywood persona uh, and what I've like noticed the three years I've been here and uh, even in like the rocker scene like what what you see when you're like from maybe not even like when you're a foreigner and you know what your culture and what the rockers in your culture are up to you it's kind of like whoa I didn't know that people still thought it was the 80s here (laughs) I didn't know that people were trying to fuck each each other over on such a huge basis in the rocker scene and just get oh yeah like how so like you know you hear stories of it but i mean people are unwilling to do anything for each other here even if you're supposed to be friends it's like and you ask them because you might have helped them in the past because i i am i like to help friends if i can that's just part of my culture but if i ask a friend hey could you maybe like try and introduce me to this person so this could open a door for me they're like no that's not how it works See, see, I don't get that. I don't get that. Like, no, it, it's so mind. It's so frustrating, and I'm like, yeah, fuck you, dude. 
and then I'm still friends with the person, but I'm like, you're a fucking dickhead. Exactly. I'm kind of like in the mindset where, you know, if one person, the more people doing good in the scene, the more attention the scene's going to get. So there's more attention for everybody to go around. It doesn't have to be yeah. like, oh, I'm giving away my spot if I give somebody an introduction. They, they might yeah. just be threatened by your music, but, you know. Like, well, I don't know. I mean, uh, these people, they play in bands that are semi, you know, uh, what is what's it called? They, they are kind of like successful, but not on maybe like, so they're going on stadium tours. Okay. But, are they doing national tours still? Like touring? Uh, they're go- uh, I, I know one of my friends, he just went on tour uh, and it's a couple of states and he played like, a, he was he was on the road for a couple of months and he's like, He's a friend from, you know, MI and, uh, you know, we, we, we've hung out a lot and we, I, in my opinion, we're really good friends, but he, I asked him like recently, like, do you mind helping me out a little bit? Like, I know that you're getting to play this jam night at the whiskey and you know, the person who organizes it, could you maybe introduce me so I could maybe get it, get a foot in the door. He was like, no, that's not how it works. Man, that's rough. That's rough. Yeah. So, I mean, for, to me, that's kind of like, you know, I wouldn't do that. I would be like, hell yeah, I'll introduce yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the way it should be. Um, I would speak him up. I would talk him up so that he would actually get an offer to like play. Because <laughs> I know he's a good, good guitar player, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you mentioned you went to MI Musicians Institute. And I've yep. actually had a few people on my show. Now, uh, like one of them was a guitar instructor, Greg Harrison. Did you uh, have him as an instructor, or did uh... I, I? I never met Greg, but I did see a lot of videos of him that other instructors showed me when I was at the school. Okay. Uh, and he's a really fantastic player. He's a, a true badass. But yeah, I never met him or anything. I think he's he doesn't teach lessons like for classes. He's just available as a private instructor. Yeah, he's now moved, I believe, to Omaha. Like that's oh, where he really? is, Omaha, Nebraska. And uh yeah, that's where he just moved there when I interviewed him. So I think maybe he'll do like online stuff or whatever. But he used to play for the band Head PE, which was a national touring act here and stuff. Yeah. But enough about him because he had his own episode. This is your episode. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I uh, want to focus on uh, what you have going on. So with your other band, Valley Sons, uh, what uh, what's going on with them? What do you have any music coming out? Are you just touring with them? No. So lately we've been doing a lot of shows outside of LA and we did even go on a three day tour up to San Luis Obispo. And then we went up to, um, I can't remember what the city was called. Sorry. <laughs> uh, and, um, we played for, we opened for Dennis Quaid, uh, who's a movie Hollywood. He's a Hollywood movie star. Yeah. We opened for him in Bishop and we played two shows up there. So, We've been having a lot of success outside of LA. Uh, they've they're they've been playing our songs on the radio up in Bishop and uh, that area. So we're getting that worked out. And they've told us in the city of Bishop that we're actually like their their we're kind of like their house band if they ever have like major acts coming through. Oh, very cool. So we're we're getting settled in Bishop and they're helping us out a lot and we're super grateful for that. 
uh, we are still working on our uh, our first album as the Valley Sons. Um, uh, it, it, we've been working on this album since like over a year and a half since I well shortly after I joined the band. They were a different band, and when I joined, we decided to um, rename the group just to be fair to everybody because the band they had at the time was Custer Sims Meyer, which was the members' last name. Yeah, my name isn't Meyer, so I couldn't join <laughs> the band. My my last name is Amnel, you know. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. So uh, we uh, we rehearsed at the time in Sun Valley. So then we flipped it around, and then we changed Sun to Sons, like we're we're the sons of something. Sounds good, man. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, working on an album with them is that does that have a release date yet or? Oh, it changes every month. <laughs> <laughs> uh, every time we play live, Kurt announces, um, "Oh, it's coming out uh, next month," and uh, next month it's not out. You know, we're still working on it because we we have to get the mixes done properly. Um, we're kind of doing it on our own. Uh, but I'm not really involved in the mixing process. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, because I'm 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 quite used to mixing, but uh, I think they're maybe like a little scared of like me taking over that process because they're like they want it to sound a certain way. You know, they're like older guys. Yeah, I'm the young kid. Uh, I don't have as much experience maybe uh, with some things, so their uh, their idea of it all might be that maybe I'll make it sound nothing like they're expecting it to sound. So they're working on it themselves. So uh, I'm just staying out of it. I'm just letting them do their thing, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm just happy to be out playing, honestly, I guess, at the time. And we're having some good success because people are digging what we're doing. Nice, man. Nice. So where yeah. can people uh, check out like uh, music from Valley Suns? Like, is there, do they have a YouTube where there's live performances? Obviously that album's not out yet. But... Yeah, you can actually go on our uh, website, valleysons.com. I think it is. Let me check real quick. Uh, All right. Could, yeah, it's valleysons.com. And you will find pictures. You will find tracks from the two records they released as Custer Sims Meyer. And if you go on YouTube, you can find uh, a lot of live performances. Um, and if you hit us up on Instagram or Facebook and give us a like, uh, you can find some live performance shots there too. You'll probably see a video of me uh, basically uh, abusing my guitar. <laughs> okay, well, I, I, I won't think, ask for too much of a description of that. They'll have to go check it out. Yeah, of course. No, I always tend to like go Hendrix on my guitar at the end of the show. Okay. Okay. Interesting. It's, it's a good part of the of the performance. You know, you have to have like a the entire performance. The set list has been building like kind of like an ice cream cone, <laughs> and. Uh, and uh, at the end, the last song is where we do a cover of uh, Gary Clark, uh, which a song called Numb. Okay. And uh, it, it's, a, it's a one riff song, basically. So you just play that riff over and over. And you like, um, I put on a fuss face, which kind of makes a lot of noise. So that, basically the whole song, I'm playing that riff. And in between the riff, I'm kind of like doing noise and crazy like stage things because... 
I don't know. It seems to get people going a lot. So I, I just keep going at it. I'm just getting more intense and more intense per performance. Throwing my guitar on my shoulder, taking off the guitar and smacking it against like the wedgers and stuff like that. <laughs> All right, man. So it sounds like you got a good live performance going. So. Hopefully. So, like, okay. Now, what advice do you have for somebody who wants to get into the music industry or even is in an area that might not be good for where they're at, like for for you wanting to be a rock star in Sweden wasn't necessarily the best location to be. What advice do you have for somebody looking to get started or relocate? Okay. So actually, I I have to be honest with you here, uh, Aaron. Um, I had more success in Sweden than I had here. Really? Okay. I was getting to the point where uh, with Yardstones, my band in Sweden, uh, we were pl- Playing the biggest, we played the biggest rock festival in Scandinavia. Nice. Uh, so we basically we opened, uh, we played the same day as Slash, Motley Crue, and Def Leppard. Damn, nice man. So you're starting to get some recognition there. Yeah, we were, and uh, we thought we were actually gonna get like some management offering, or because we 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 made that happen on our own. We didn't have anyone book that show for us. Yeah. And um, we thought maybe we will get an offer from someone to like help us out and grow further, but we never got an offer, and we kind of knew why, and uh, we just we had to change up the lineup a little bit. But then that turned out to not work. Uh, I'll I'll tell you about that later. Okay. But what we did when we started up to promote yourself professionally, in my opinion, when you start a band. What you first do is not to start social media for the band immediately. Because if you do, it's kind of like, you know, you're like, uh, uh, like two second, like, release almost. You you get like a couple of likes, but you don't have anything to show people. You don't have professional pictures. You don't have at least like professional recorded demos to show off or an EP or anything. You don't have content. You need to have content before you go and get everything out there. You. So my advice is when you put together a band, you start writing songs. This is a long process. It can be almost a year because uh, finding band members will take you a while if you're starting by yourself. Yeah. Uh, so write the songs and make sure that you're happy with everything in the songs like rehearse them well practice your harmonies everything make sure that you have solo written out unless you're a great like uh, if you're a really good improviser and then start recording these songs and in the same process while you're recording these songs i would say that you should um, start deciding on a look for your band and you have to have a band name uh, maybe hire someone who's working, who's educating themselves to become a graphic artist. Yeah. Have them design your logo, and that you, you gotta build that. You you can't just like start a Facebook page and hope that people are gonna like something if you just post a like a, pardon my language, but a really crappy logo and an unprofessional picture. Yeah. And you you don't have like a proper recording of your music that highlights what's good about your act. So once you've prepared everything, and you also have to have a website, you have to have your own website, and you have to have 
an Instagram, you have to have a Facebook, maybe a Twitter if you're if you're into that. I'm not. Uh, I don't use Twitter. I have an account that just sits there. What what am I supposed to write? Kofifi. <laughs> Kofifi. Yes, uh, that was uh, that was a big trend for a while. Yeah. No. So. Um, and then you have to link to all of that on your website. And I've learned how to build my own website because I went to MI and they had a class okay. on that. So I actually, I haven't been able to pay my yearly uh, fee for that. So it's down at the moment. But <laughs> uh, I did make my own website and it did look pretty professional. Of course, someone else could have done it better. And I was going to have a friend who's a content writer rewrite all the content on it. Because I just tend to over-explain shit. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. And it doesn't sound very interesting. But yeah, have everything of that ready. When you have everything ready, that's when you start posting it. Uh, when you make a Facebook site, because you have to link it on your website, make it unpublished. People can't see it unless you're an administrator. And then you start putting up the pictures and making your site look professional. Make sure you have shows booked shortly after you release all of your content and p just fucking go nuts online with it just post it on instagram your twitter or whatever your facebook on your website and then invite everyone on your facebook list and your instagram list send in professional or professional private messages because people don't give a shit if you invite them through the website. You yeah. have to actually write to them personally and be like, hey, buddy, how you doing? Sorry for not writing for a while. Can you please like my Facebook site? We got a lot of exciting stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, nobody likes getting that message like, hey, you have been invited to like so-and-so that can message that Facebook sends out. No, I usually tend to ignore those yeah. things because unless you're like cool enough to like write to me. yeah. I mean, I've learned that the hard way because I used to like stuff, but when I was invited to be nice and be a friendly person, but, <laughs> and it's the same thing when you have shows, you have to write to people personally and invite them because they're not going to give a shit if you're inviting them through the event. Yeah. Okay. So a personalized message. This is actually rolling right perfectly into my next question about what are you currently doing to promote yourself? So let's just continue talking on this right now. Do you have, besides personal messages to people asking them to like your, like your page, come to your shows, what else like social media wise or otherwise are you doing to promote yourself? Well, right now I'm not, I'm not doing a lot on my, um, uh... On my Facebook, my I have an artist page for my for me, but I'm not doing a lot on it. I'm just re putting up videos of me playing a solo here or there, or you know, like basic content, which is not very professional. I know I'm sitting here and like scrutinizing and saying you have to do this and this and this, but <laughs> uh, I am like posting when I am playing the jam nights, or I try to post when I'm playing out with the Valley Suns but I do tend to go more on the Valley Suns page because um, I'm kind of the social media expert out of the three of us okay fair enough so I, I post most of the content on our Facebook and Instagram so I'm the one promoting that uh, Bob kind of handles the website because he's a graphic artist and he's really good with that he actually used to work for Disney and he made like all of their movie flyers for like 10 years oh wow okay so yeah um, so yeah, uh, 
Currently, I, I think that I'm just like, I, I did post about our interview today. Uh, I posted about it yesterday. I posted about it today. Uh, I'm probably going to post about it tomorrow when you have a link ready. The, it will be coming out on Tuesday. So uh, that's fine. Uh, I'll write just about so it you know what day it comes out. And I will be posting yep, about fine. it then as well. So got a few things going on promotion wise. Yeah. Now, like, what would you say would be. I'm going to switch this up a little bit. A highlight and a low light that you'd care to share with the uncontained audience. And then one thing that you had to work to overcome that was like, oh my God, this was tougher than I thought. Life or just in the music industry? Typically music industry. We'll keep it with the entertainment theme. Yeah. Uh, highlight of my career was probably the festival I mentioned. But also working with Kurt and Bob has been a highlight because they're such talented musicians. Um but I am really excited about right now. I'm the most excited that I've decided to like actually try to do something and on my own and try to sing. Because uh, whenever I would try to sing in the past, I'm just um, I've been shut down a lot. And, yeah. and now I've actually been trying to like work on it. I'm still working on it, obviously. And I'm an incredible, incredibly like perfectionistic person. So I, I hear the small things that I don't like and. It, that's what my mind starts going off on. <laughs> not, oh, this actually sounds pretty good. No, it's not like, oh, you didn't get that word, like the pronunciation right on that word. Yeah. You have to re-record that. I, I hear you, man. I hear you. Like... So, but I'm excited about that, and I'm hoping to put together like a live act based around this project where I can go out and play shows. Because it seems like a lot of people are putting together solo acts, but they're not referred to as solo acts they're referred to as bands so but it's usually the singer hiring in musicians to play with them live yes uh, so they are official band members but they're getting paid to play with you so i'm thinking maybe that's what's going to end up having to happen where i pay people to play with me on live shows my wife is actually she's a very good pianist and keyboard player so she's going to play with me okay and you don't have to pay her no. <laughs> uh, no, I already, I mean, we already, you know, we have a, a shared economy. <laughs> I hear that. So, uh, no, so um, that's what I'm excited about that because uh, uh, it's like I'm used to being a side guy because uh, a guitar player, even if they're the lead guitar player, they are a side guy. They're not the singer. Yeah. So, so I'm excited about making myself heard as both a guitar player and a singer. Because uh, I, I think that I can start, I'm starting to hear like some good qualities in my voice that I like when I'm singing and not ha when I haven't just woken up and had too much coffee. <laughs> now, a low light for my music career was probably the majority of 2016. Um, and this is what, what I was talking to you about earlier with the Yardstones band in Sweden. We, we sh switched out the singer. Okay. Because uh, we, uh, we realized, we already knew kind of when we played that festival that he's not the best live singer. And I, I don't mean to like hurt anyone's feelings by saying that. It was just like when the notes are in, in the place where they need to be. And uh, also the attitude wasn't probably like, it should have been, you know, it was, I was presenting a lot of material in 2015 when this, this festival gig was a lot of new material for a second album. And he basically like shut me down on every piece of music I came with. 
wow. this sounds too much like this. This sounds too much like this. I don't get what the, where this is going. So that's when I started working with a different singer uh, outside of Yardstones, uh, who was extremely talented. Who I had heard sing live. It was probably the best singer I've ever heard live, actually. Who is an oh, wow. a, you know a rock star, a professional yeah. singer at a very high level. It was probably the best local singer I had heard ever. Uh, uh, and he was incredibly productive. He, he, he works in a studio now because he had to move. So we switched out our singer at the time to this guy who I ended up writing like 20 songs within four nights. Oh, wow. That's impressive. Yeah. Um, so we wrote all those songs and we were like, I sent them to a friend who I knew had contacts in uh, some record companies. And we did actually start talking with Sony about a record deal to release this album. But eventually they kind of went back on their word and they said, you know, uh, we don't think we're going to go through with this. And because uh, you're not out playing repeatedly and we, we, we just don't see where this is going right now. So maybe if you have better if you have more shows, maybe we'll talk about it in the future. Okay. Now, the singer who we had brought into the band, he uh, he was not from Sweden. He's from New Zealand. He was living in Sweden very roughly because he wasn't making a lot of money because he didn't have the proper papers to work legally. Mm. So he had to take like a lot of under-the-table gigs. So it was frustrating for him to get turned down fi- when he finally got like in talks with a big record company. So he decided to move home to New Zealand, and that's when, you know, Yardstones basically died with that. Uh, yeah. And that was the low light because we had written I the music that we wrote together never got released, um, and it was just like twenty really high quality rock songs that I think was on par with a lot of the professional acts that are out playing big tours. That's rough, man. That's rough. It sucks that sometimes the pieces just don't fit together mm-hmm. and uh, you have to start start something over again. Um, so like, now that you have your, your solo project coming out, are you going to be able to use some of those songs? I'm uh, thinking about playing them live. It's just the riffs are more... Or, you know, the vocals, he's a tenor, he's a high tenor. I'm starting to get there, and I am singing quite high on Taste the Riches, but uh, I'm still getting used to going up there. It's like, you know, yeah. without blowing my voice out after a few hours. And also, you have to keep in mind that it's really hard to play guitar and sing at the same time. And the songs I wrote with that singer, they're like, the riffs are kind of like, they're not they're classic rock riffs still, but it's like a lot of, things to think about at the same time if you were to do both parts yeah i definitely understand that um so you'd have to figure it out somehow or just practice your ass off doing that but it's like he already writes melodies that are really hard to sing (laughs) fair enough man fair enough so now with that with your solo project coming up with that that coming up, like, what do you want people to take away and feel or remember about 
your your solo project when they hear the new album or see you perform it live yeah so i'm the kind of guy i'm really against people who write lyrics about how fantastic it is to do cocaine or have bitches and money and <laughs> blah 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 or I don't like rockers that write, oh my god, uh, you know, it's not the 80s anymore. You can't write songs like, oh, we've been dancing with Mr. Brownstone, or I'm yeah. on a night train. Yes. So I write about real life stuff, what I've seen in LA, things that I've had to experience and endure while I've been here. So Burn Down Hollywood is about what I've seen in the rocker community and it, maybe I am a, 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 saying it in a critical way, you know, people having their parents pay their bills while they're out partying and doing drugs and drinking. <laughs> uh, Taste the Riches is about, uh, I should wrote the lyrics for that uh, right after I got laid off about two months ago. Uh, so some of the, that, it's, it's kind of about how it is being a unemployed musician trying to bring in money. Okay. And uh, how it, you come to LA and you think that you're gonna taste the riches, you're gonna taste the the sweet waters of success. Nice. So I I write about the reality of uh, my life basically uh, and how I see things. Uh, one of the other songs is there's a ballad who's that's gonna be on there that I write, wrote to my wife actually. So that that's like a that's probably like a more of a nicer song, I guess, and not such a angry song. Okay. You know, and then I wanna another song is it's about Native Americans and how uh, uh, you know how I what my point of view, like how they've been mis- mistreated in the American society a lot. Okay, as a foreigner, what what is your perspective on that? That could be kind of interesting. Um. Well, the song is basically, uh, I'm, I'm still working on it, but the, the main subject is that I want, I kind of wish they could take back their pride and their land. And, you know, they're, they're, at least there are reservations, like in Utah, for example, for several tribes I know of, uh, that I, I think the government isn't allowed to touch, but I, 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 I don't know if you've heard about the Dakota pipeline for a few years ago, for example. Yes. That, yeah, that was definitely. like a huge thing that uh, was going on right as I came here. And that kind of, it was very upsetting because uh, I think that the indigenous people, they've gone through a lot. That they have. That, and that may be an understatement of some sort right there too. Yeah, and... Now, some people might come and say that, hey, you're kind of a hypocrite because what? Johnny Depp just filmed a a, uh, <laughs> a perfume ad <laughs> in the native lands. And that got a yeah. huge, uh, that, that got a lot of people upset. I don't know if you heard about this or saw that. I, I didn't. I kind of missed out on that one. I, but... I think that at that point, I think that people are just upset to be upset. They don't understand the whole context of that, and they don't understand that sauvage is a French word for basically being an untamed soul that is free. Okay. And uh, they thought that sauvage sounded too much like savage. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, okay. Yeah, I see. Yeah, you see how that people. Savage, all right. And 
I gotcha. Oh. I'm picking up what you're laying down now. I didn't, uh, I, I didn't hear about so that. So people are but... probably going to be ki- kind of upset when I'm first having a song on there called Breath of Life that is uh, me speaking for the indigenous people. And then I'm having another song called Pyre Brother, which is about Johnny Depp. <laughs> <laughs> right on, man. Right on. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, checking that out. So February 27th, mm-hmm. that should be out your birthday. Um, and, uh, one of these months in the near future, you should have the Valley Suns, um, album out, uh, once they finish mixing and mastering it. Now, so you're done recording it. You're just in like post-production on that right now. And, uh, that's all coming up. And I have one final question for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before before I ask that question, first, where can people find you on uh, social media, the internet? Like, what's your corner of the internet? Where can they get a hold of you and find your work? You can uh, follow me on Instagram. Uh, I have two. Uh, the one that is more uh, based on music is A-D-D-E-A-M-N-E-L-L, which is Addy Amnol. Uh, okay. My other account is called Bohemian Pirate or something like that. Pirate style or pirate life. Bohemian Pirate Life. Okay. Well, if you want to uh, send me the link I will send to that, to I will put them in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, so people aren't guessing, is this the right pirate? <laughs> is this the right pirate geek? Uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, then you can also go in and like my Facebook page, which I am going to get a lot better at updating uh where i will post about updates on my uh my upcoming solo ep and valley sun's uh first album and may- maybe other projects because i am trying to work out this whole situation with the yardstones album right now right on man so yeah as i said send me the links and i will get those in the show notes Absolutely. Andreas, man, it's been great having you on the show today. I've enjoyed talking to you, uh, talking about, you know, Sweden, what it's like to be a pirate, um, and uh, and your two upcoming projects, man, that both uh, seem very cool. So I have one final question for you. It's a title question of the show. Andreas Amnel, how do you live uncontained? Uh, I just push through and I uh, do whatever it takes to get where I need to be. Uh, if people aren't helping me out, then I just have to make it happen on my own. And uh, if that means that you have to fuck some people over, then you just do it. <laughs> <laughs> right on, man. Right on. So, um, like, what what would be like a sacrifice or two that you had to make to get to where you are? Definitely, uh, you know, uh, lineup changes in bands if they were holding you back. And uh, I've had to um, compromise for uh, issues in my life uh, where uh, maybe a roommate stole from me or, you know, you just have to do it on your own and learn how to, like, basically, you just learn how to do all of it on your own. You just don't rely on other people, especially not in a city like L.A. where nobody's reliable, honestly. Okay, fair enough. Thank you so much once again. I have one final thing for you to do, Andreas. And that is sign off the show. Will you do me the honor of signing off the show tonight? Keep your eyes on uh, out for new music. You can follow me on social media. I am Andreas Amnol, and I live uncontained. 
And that does it for another episode of Uncontained. Thank you for listening, and thank you to Andreas for joining me. Make sure you check out the show notes to hit him up on social media so you can keep up to date on when the new Valley Suns album is coming out and also has his solo project coming out featuring the track you heard at the beginning of the show, Taste the Riches. So once again, thank you for listening, and until next time, live uncontained.